1: As a business owner, are you continually searching for less stress, more time freedom, and increased profits? Prosper for Business by Mackie might be the solution you've been looking for. Prosper for Business is both an executive coaching program and fractional CFO service designed to deliver exceptional results through increased education, visibility, and accountability. Prosper for Business graduate Jude Hemann, CEO of Furlong Building Enterprises, said, The decision to work with Mackey was a life changer. They truly care about our success and give us the tools to do so. Working with the Mackey team also helped Julie Bach, owner of the Bach Group, see things in the business she hadn't seen before that led her to the business being more efficient, productive, and profitable. Does Prosper for Business sound like the right next step for your business? Visit mackeyadvisorscom slash smallgiants. That's m-a-c-k-e-y advisors.com slash smallgiants to learn more.
0: My guest today is Devin Bachman. Devin is Senior Vice President of Research at John Burns Real Estate Consulting. She's a housing expert providing clients and associates with timely and accurate insights on for-sale, and for rent housing market conditions nationwide. Welcome, Devin.
2: Thanks for having me, Paul. Excited to be here with you today.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to hear about your story, but tell me about John Burns Real Estate Consulting. Uh, You do research. Break that down for us.
2: Absolutely. So we are a company of roughly 110 employees located all throughout the entire U.S., And we have two sides of our business, a research subscription-based service, and as well as a consulting, um, what you'd think of a general consulting firm. I got a big question. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to help you answer it. But we do specialize in housing. And when I say housing, that encompasses for sale housing, both new and resale, as well as for rent housing, which is single family, for rent, build for rent, apartments, as well as all the building product components that go into any style of that construction.
0: So who's your customer?
2: That's a great question. So our customer is a diverse group. It ranges, of course, to the home builders and developers themselves, single family rental operators, uh, developers of large scale apartments, but also the groups that invest in them. So private equity groups, hedge funds, but the architects are also our clients. We have disruptor groups out there who are bringing new technology to the real estate hemisphere, as well as the banks, et cetera. Really, if you touch housing in any way, shape, or form, you're probably somehow connected to John Burns. (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, so you're not directly to the consumer, you're really to the industry. And if if I want to know, if I'm part of the industry and I need everything I ever wanted to know about housing uh, for sale properties, for rental properties, you are the company to go to. Tell me about your role there specifically and kind of where you fit in the organizational chart.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I sit on the research side of our business. And we have teammates who focus on the quantitative metrics out there, home price appreciation, permits, et cetera. I'm a student of that, but my team focuses on the qualitative aspects of the market. So what is it like to be a home builder today? What are single family rental operators most excited about and also most concerns about over the next six months? And my team brings the story to the data in order to give our clients a holistic view of what's happening in housing. And that's my production related job. But I also have an internal operations job where I help our team plan for the long term growth of our organization.
0: Mm. So you talk about your team. Describe your team. Do you, do you, who do you report to? Do you have a team that you oversee?
2: Absolutely, yes the team that I work as a part of on the production side is the survey team. Um, So we manage seven ongoing surveys as it relates to all hemispheres of housing. And I report up to our director of research, Rick Palacios. And it's usually him and I who are working on more of the operations side of our business. And again, planning for the growth and expansion of our research organization.
0: Hmm. And and how did your leadership journey get get going, you know, how long have you been with the company and how long have you been uh, kind of in a leadership position, whether it's with John or, or elsewhere?
2: Absolutely. So I started with the company seven years ago as a research analyst. And of course, speaking to you today as senior vice president, I started to become involved with the leadership group roughly three years ago when John started this amazing collaborative leadership style environment. We actually have three different leadership groups here at John Burns Real Estate Consulting. We have the thought leaders, which are really our internal incubator thought disruptor group. Um, We have our evergreen group, which is focused on sustaining the growth of our organization for 5, 15, you know, 25 years to come. And then we have our management team who is focused on running the business day to day and ensuring that we are profitable. Mm. I came on board a few years ago to lead the Evergreen team. That's the long-term growth team I spoke to you about. But those three teams really work in cohesion to propel our company forward.
0: Wow, what a great opportunity for you uh, to be a part of something special. And it seems to me, and I know that uh john spoke at the small giants uh conference this year and and you guys really appear to be thought leaders in the industry and have built a unique culture yourself so you know when you just talk about real estate or you talk about research doesn't sound all that sexy but you guys have really <laughs> done something right you guys have really done something special with the business and not only internally but how you have uh promoted that as part of your brand can you can you talk about that for a minute
2: Absolutely, and I have to give credit where credit's due here, and that starts at the top with John Burns himself. He really believes in um, you know lifting up the individual voice, and you know we both kind of subscribe of the thought process. It's hard to buy in if you don't get the chance to weigh in. Um, So, building a team and a structure that supports the individual and the individual's um, thought—that's really kudos to him for building a company that values that. Also, we are an Evergreen certified organization and a member of the Tugboat Institute. So we believe in running our business in cohesion with the seven Ps. And I think just having that mindset really has helped us grow in every arena. Yes, profitably, but also with a people first mentality.
0: Mm. And and how has that manifests itself in in the community or with your customers? How do they even know that you subscribe to those kind of philosophies?
2: Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you want to go on our website, you can see that. Um, (laughs) But I think beyond that, it's in the way that we engage and interact with our clients. Once you come into the John Burns family, it really is a family. And we consider ourselves strategic partners of our clients, just like I consider myself a strategic partner of my teammates here at John Burns. And our clients really come into that environment and we grow with them. And I think that's a different approach to the business world rather than, hey, here's a bunch of research, figure it out yourself. We really want to help them navigate the future market conditions.
0: Wow. Uh, What a great story. And like I said, what a special opportunity for you to be a part of this and raise up the individual, raise up even your clients and, and the way you provide information to them. Um, I want to take you back, Dev, and I want to kind of find out where all this energy comes from, and I I want to uh, dig into um, what made you the kind of leader that you are today. And obviously, this is a journey that's continuing, but what were some of those early influences, maybe um, from your parents or even early school?
2: Well, I got my entrepreneurial itch from my parents. So they were small business owners themselves. They owned a 20-chair hair salon in Cherry Creek, Colorado. So I got to watch growing up firsthand the trials and also successes of running a small business, and I fell in love with the opportunity to watch something that you built yourself grow over time. And I, you know, I have to give them credit for showing me what hard work looks like because for as as Fun as it looks on the outside, I know there's a lot that goes into running a small business, and I watched that as a child growing up.
0: Yeah. Um, Any examples of um, kind of those successes or challenges that you were able to witness?
2: So there's definitely moments when you run a small business where you have to keep the door open every day, right? So when the hot water heater goes out at 2 in the morning and is leaking to the deli below you... As the owner, you have to be the number one problem solver and you have to get in there and you have to make things happen. And, you know, the world is not going to stop and wait for you to wake up the next morning and get yourself ready. You have to constantly be on. And I think I watched them do that time and time again.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. And I was thinking about uh, that they ran a 20-seat salon. That seems like a, a, a relic from the past, <laughs> uh, you know. I'm not yep. sure they have those nowadays. Um and so you had that really early thing that that your folks were involved in. What about school? I know you were involved in student leadership, for example.
2: Absolutely. And that was another huge influence on my life. Have to give, again, credit to where credit is due to Mr. Rashawn Davis, who was my student council advisor in high school. And... I will never forget, Paul, the very first day of my freshman year of student leadership. And I walk into the classroom and I sit down and up on the whiteboard is written the words, if you don't grow, you got to go. And I think it was at that moment, I still have such a, a strong memory of it that I realized, wow, that's that's what the world is about. It's about growing. It's about changing. It's about being ever evolving. And there's lots of examples throughout student leadership where he pushed me and encouraged me to you know, be so much more. But I think it's those words that I always come back to. And that's really the essence of who he was and what he implored on his students. And he's still active in Colorado today, um, teaching and being a leader in the community.
0: What a great lesson. And you weren't just involved in your own school. Didn't weren't you involved kind of statewide in leadership?
2: I was. So I held office um, my senior year of high school as the Colorado state president. So every student body has a student body president, right? Everyone's probably very familiar with that concept, but not as familiar for many is the fact that all those student body presidents, you know, are often invited to leadership camps where they elect a representative for the state. And then that representative Uh, is invited to the national conference. And I was fortunate enough to be elected as Colorado state president. And I had the opportunity to represent Colorado leaders at the national conference in um, Pennsylvania. It was back when I was in high school.
0: Wow. Was that intimidating at all for you or did you just relish in the opportunity?
2: You know, it was. There was definitely points to where it was intimidating, but it also, again, it was one of those growing opportunities. I was forced to speak publicly uh, on a large scale for probably the first time in my life, and that's a skill you're going to use a lot in business, and I still do today. And so, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and getting to know other people and leaders from across the country were two of the things I took away, you know, pushing yourself to grow and then learning that there's all these amazing communities, just like the small giants community is out there today for business professionals, where you can go and you can learn from other individuals and you can carry that. At that time I was bringing it back to my school, but you know, your group allows us to bring it back to our, our workplaces.
0: That's right. I can just remember I was my student body vice president. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) back in high school, long, long time ago, so I get that, but it took me a lot longer to become comfortable public speaking. Uh, so you got that really early, early taste of it. Uh, I know you you went off to college. I think you were the first one in your family that went to college. So kind of first generation there, which is really admirable. But then you had also a really interesting and fun experience in college. Talk about that.
2: Absolutely, um, yes. And I feel very blessed to have had the opportunity to go to college and to be a first generation student and you know, all the things that education brings and enriches to your life. Um, but during college, again, I think you're catching on to the theme here, Paul, that I, I like a good challenge. And I also am really okay with uh, running in multiple circles at one time. Uh, my so- Right before my sophomore year of college, I got a wild hair. And I said, you know, I've danced my whole life. And I was fortunate enough to dance for the University of Colorado Boulder my freshman year. But I always had my sights set on dancing professionally. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to try out for the Denver Nuggets dance team. What do I have to lose? I mean, the worst that can happen is I don't make it and I can train harder and try and make it the next year. And I guess, you know, the stars aligned that day and I was fortunate enough to make the Denver Nuggets dance team. And I was a part of that team for my sophomore, junior and senior years of college, dancing at most of the NBA home games, I traveled overseas to represent the Denver Nuggets in China and Taiwan and the NBA in Indonesia. We did community outreach programs over there. We danced. We cheered our team on. Um, amazing friends, amazing memories, and really an unforgettable life experience.
0: Wow. Yeah, incredible. So when you're traveling I, and you talk about doing community outreach, again, where did these leadership skills come? tie into that in terms of the relationships that you were able to build, reaching out in foreign markets into these communities,
2: yeah. the MBA set up set up all of the experiences for us, but being able to go into a classroom in a foreign country, um we would often bring school supplies with us, deliver them into communities that needed them, and then we had the opportunity to teach. You know, songs that we all take for granted, like Itsy Bitsy Spider, to um, <laughs> school aged children and have that interaction with them because music transcends language um, oftentimes. And just getting to connect with them and share with them and give back to a community and also grow the love of the sport too um, in markets that may not have been as familiar was a growing opportunity itself because, yes, I've leaned on my vocal skills before, but it's a whole different ballgame literally and figuratively there um, Mm -hmm. when you don't speak the same language as someone, but you can still find that connection with them.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I mean, we could just stop right there. Just thinking about all the life experiences you've had, but I also know that in these last years you've lived many different places and that's because you're married to someone that has to move around a lot. How did that all happen?
2: Yeah. So I met this cutie once upon a time. We've actually known each other since middle school Talk about a long-standing relationship there, uh, but we started dating freshman year of college, and he proposed to me my senior year. And a girl born, bred, and raised in Colorado thought I was going to go there to start my career. He proposes and says, "How does Texas sound?" And I said, "Well, that sounds interesting, but okay." Um, so my husband was a professional athlete at the time. He was drafted by the Dallas Stars as a professional hockey player. And we spent 11 wonderful years traveling around the country for his job. We have lived in nine homes in 10 years in five different states. And two years ago, he decided to retire. And I was like, you know what? You've had this wonderful career. I celebrate you in the background. Maybe I was like, yes, no more moving. And then, you know what? The Minnesota Wild called and they offered him a coaching position with their uh, development teams, so they're AHL and ECHL teams as mm-hmm. head of goaltender development for those groups, and we've taken the wild ride again, and it's brought us all over the country. But you wouldn't believe the people I have met along the way. It has absolutely been a thrilling adventure at every turn.
0: Wow, I'm starstruck. I'm a big uh, <laughs> NHL fan, and and uh, live in the Dallas area now, so big Dallas Stars fan, and how, you know. How have you been able to balance all of this? I know you even have two small kids, but the ability to balance motherhood, all of these different locations, and then building a career as a leader with John.
2: I have to give credit to the company itself. They took a risk on a remote employee. So I've been, we don't use the word remote because that's doesn't sound very nice, right? So I am what we call fully connected, which means I'm from a connected location. I don't work in a traditional office, but I have been a fully connected employee since day one at the company. Now, remember earlier, I said that was seven years ago. So John was way ahead of the curve um, as he is in many things with employing people like me who had a difficult life set up, but really wanted to work and wanted to make this impact on the world and saw that in me and empowered me to do that and gave me the flexibility that came with it. Um, And I think it's all those lessons we talked about earlier um, that have pushed me to want to grow and also to be able to meet challenges that I see every day in my life, both professionally and personally. Um, with just that want and need to continue to grow and bypass those challenges while having a very supportive organization behind me.
0: Well, uh, yeah, good for him to have had that foresight even before the rest of us got forced into it during the pandemic to even consider it. And uh, his message was just so clear about the ability to do that and obviously attract great talent like you and others to the organization to have that flexibility to find ways, even in a, we'll call it, fully connected environment uh, to maintain and grow a culture and have that consistent uh, over time and build a great company or an evergreen company that's going to sustain for, for years to come. Uh, can you think, Devin, of a along this whole journey, maybe an unexpected learning from an unexpected source along the way?
2: Absolutely. Unexpected. I would say I have to reference back to my family and actually my children in this instance, because we just talked about how I've moved around everywhere. And there's obviously been incredible forces in my life from people I've worked with to educators, etc., themselves. But watching the resiliency of a child as we move everywhere... You know, facing a pandemic, which is hopefully a once in a lifetime experience, et cetera, and just meeting life with so much exuberance and curiosity and wonder. I am constantly in awe of them as a mother, and I think I probably always will be.
0: Yeah, you know, good for them go, going through all this. But I want, you know, yes, John created an environment that was accepting of someone like you in your situation and all the change and challenges that you had, but still balancing all of that and moving around so much, how does that uh, contribute to your ability to be truly successful in your role and continue to grow your career, which I assume you want to grow?
2: I definitely want to continue to grow my career. And I think it all comes back to a couple things, Paul. First of all, intentionality. When you move as much as I do or balance a lot of the activities and relationships, it's being very intentional with them and using your time wisely. Part two on that is communication. I am a huge believer in, as is as is our organization, in you got you have to be an excellent communicator to be in a connected environment. Because I'm constantly changing time zones, and I need to communicate that with my team. And I have teammates on Eastern time zones and and Pacific time zone, and, and I need to be able to hand work off, and they pick up where I left off, et cetera. So when you are very intentional about what you're doing and you are a strong communicator. And then to even layer that on to a third piece, which is forward thinking, strategic planning, what's on the next horizon, really not just focused on what's happening day to day, but where can I take us on the future? When you layer those three things together, I think they're a deadly combination for any person or any organization.
0: God, I think that's a perfect recipe for success. Uh, I mean, good for you and what you've been able to do. And I can't, you know, there's so many things that have seemed to have lined up and you've taken advantage of these opportunities, but it can't always be easy. There's challenges along the way. You know, what, what would you look back if you could think of maybe the most humbling or hardest decision you've had to make as a leader?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. And I think I'm going to layer a personal and professional experience together for this one. So seven years ago, I was moving to upstate New York from Texas. My husband had just, or from Oklahoma rather. I've lived so many places, I can't keep track of them Mm (laughs) at this point. My husband had just been offered a job with the Vancouver Canucks organization. And he had lined up, we had lined up an apartment for ourselves. I was just about to start my job at John Burns. I had a new nanny. I had a six-month-old son. So a lot of things going on in my life at one time. I am headed to the airport. My husband's already in New York. He's the, the movers have arrived. They're starting to unbox the apartment. And he calls me and he's like, you are not going to believe what just happened. And I said, what, what? And he said, I just got called back up to Vancouver. There's been an injury. I need to go back up to the NHL and I need to play some games for them you're going to have to deal with everything when you get to New York. So I'm going to a city I've never been to before, meeting a nanny I've never met with a (laughs) six month old child and a brand new job that started two weeks from then that, by the way, I needed to fly to California for um, to do my orientation. And you know what? I just looked at the situation and I did what I do in all challenging situations, which just broke it down into small steps. Okay. Take one day at a time, move one foot in front of yourself. You know what the big game plan is here. Keep your eye on the prize and tackle it little by little. And so I showed up to New York, sofa on the floor, baby strapped on the front of me. Nanny met me at the front door. We unpacked the boxes. I got to California. I met my wonderful teammates. And here I am seven years later. But if I hadn't had an experience like that in my life, Paul, I don't think I would take everything I've been given for with as much gratitude as I do, because I know how much hard work it's taken to get here.
0: Yeah. Wow. That phone call changed a lot.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been through a couple of those in our lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. What, what about now just as in terms of um, what current challenges you might have uh, in the company or uh, what's going on overall with you as you navigate all of the, the uh, opportunities.
2: Today, we live in a world of ever-evolving technology, right? There are things out there that have revolutionized the world we live in today. I mean, you and I are talking to each other from two different states, um, putting together this podcast, etc. It's revolutionized the way we work. And I think that's one thing that we are focused on here at John Burns is how do we take ourselves to the next level from an innovation standpoint? And how do we grow the business while not being the next blockbuster. right? I want to be the Netflix. I want to take our brand to the next level while leaning into innovation and growth um, and not be disrupted by technology, which is a real concern for anyone in the industry today.
0: Yeah. Well, the teams that you have set up and and the team you lead, the Evergreen team, are uh, what an exciting place to be for you to really lead that effort about how to overcome that challenge as you continue to grow the business. Uh, Devin, if you think about your own leadership, personal leadership journey, is there an area that you think that you still need to improve upon?
2: Well, I can tell you there's room for improvement in any, even the best of leaders has room for improvement, right? In, In a lot of arenas. And I would say for me personally, the area that I would like to see myself continue to improve upon in is making sure that we are, planning for many, many years of growth. Um, So we are beginning the process of putting together a very comprehensive, long-term strategic plan. And that's something we've always had in general terms, but never really in robust terms. And so endeavoring to undertake that process as an organization for the first time has been challenging, but I think is something that I need to work on is developing the plan and helping carry forward that vision once the plan has been designed.
0: Now, you're already at the senior VP level. Do you see room for an opportunity for you to grow within the company?
2: Absolutely, and that's because of how the the organization sets itself up, which is we empower our leaders to continue to grow and we develop opportunities for them to grow. And even if that's in interesting ways, we've had several teammates that come in on one team and maybe flop to another or switch from a research-related role, as I have been, to now having more of an operations-oriented piece as well. And so we really believe in finding the right people and then developing the right seat on the bus for them long-term.
0: Exactly. That is the, the right way to do it and in the right order. So lastly, what kind of advice would you give to somebody start, starting out in their career early on? You know, you're, you ha- you know how to navigate the waters. You obviously can do multiple things at one time um, mm-hmm. and uh, and have taken advantage of opportunities given to you. But uh, lots of people would look at that and say, gosh, how do, uh, how do I aspire to do even part of that? What advice would you give to those young people?
2: Network, network, network. I would encourage them to get out on LinkedIn and start connecting with people in the industry, following them, get go to industry events, speak to like I know it's going to be nerve-wracking, but actually go up and talk to people um, in a real life setting. Speak to others, you know, that maybe are more senior than you. Ask them their stories, ask them if they can introduce you to three people that you think you might need to know. I really think developing relationships is key to having a success in the business world.
0: That's absolutely right. And I remember um, I started my my, uh, primary business with my two brothers in 1985, and it was probably 10 years in before I realized how little I actually knew about running a business and the power of building outside relationships because we were kind of like a mom and pop and and uh, and I was very introverted and reserved and didn't like the network and all that and I just reached out to someone and started to ask and realized that all these people that have experience are more than willing to share their experiences with you mm-hmm. and to mentor and coach you and then I realized oh my god there's so much in books and articles and that I could learn from and once I got out there and be, began to be more comfortable and simply ask like you said just ask people will share with you um, that is the, the best way to do it. And the fact is that no matter what business we're in, as I always say, we're in the relationship business. And that's something that you knew early on. Great, great advice. Thank you, Devin. And I want to end uh, Yeah, well, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say too, Paul, I think that you hit on something really key there too, which is the power of mentorship. So if there is someone that you admire, and maybe it's a parent's friend or a friend of a friend's parents, et cetera, um, or a neighbor or someone is get a good mentor. Even if they're not in the industry that you're in someone who knows what they're doing, who can help you navigate the waters. That's kind of outside the situation that you're currently in. I am a huge advocate of all mentoring relationships.
0: Absolutely. I am as well. Uh, so Devin, I want to end with these five quick hit questions, kind of like the association game, just named the kind of the first thing that comes to your mind name a leader that you look up to John Burns. I kind of guessed you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> all right. How about a great book that influenced your leadership style?
2: Untamed by Glennon Doyle.
0: Oh, and uh, do you have an all time favorite movie?
2: This one's going to be a little surprising. It's called 10th kingdom. It was a made for TV movie. Look at it. Really? Up. Okay. Yeah.
0: And how about a favorite TV series to binge watch?
2: I've got to go with my old tried and true favorite Grey's Anatomy.
0: Oh, okay. Good one. Uh, man, that was around forever.
2: It's still um, around. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, um,
0: and how about, and this is going to might be tough because you sound like an open book, but is there something about you that many people don't know?
2: Something about me that many people don't know. That I actually am a very, self-conscious person. So I do care what people think and perceive of me. I often get very nervous when I speak publicly and I've had to kind of, I think, overcome that fear of people's perception of me in order to lead. But it's definitely something that I don't think everybody would know about me.
0: Oh, that's very nice of you to say. And that shows another great trait of a leader and that's vulnerability and being genuine. And uh, I'm sure that's um, part of why people love and care for you. Uh, because of that sense of vulnerability. So um, what a great story, Devin. It's just been a pleasure to have you. I want to reflect on a few of the things that that you shared, what I got out of uh, listening to your story. Uh, and And I just love how the company is already structured with these leadership teams focused on different things. The fact that you're an evergreen company through Tugboat that allows you to focus on building a sustainable culture for the long term. You lead this team. The the things that John taught you early on or that you believed in that it's about lifting up the individual, it's hard to buy in if you don't get a chance to weigh in. I, I just love that. And so that's all about inclusiveness and, and what we all need to know from all of the relationships we have, especially in our, in our leadership role. The lessons you got early on from your parents about uh, that was not only the entrepreneurial itch, but what it means to just get your hands dirty and do what you need to do your experience as a student council advisor growing changing ever evolving that quote from your advisor if, if you don't grow then you got to go love that um you know that first uh, public speaking in student leadership and taking these challenges and just going for it you said you like a good challenge you like to do a lot of things and so you're taking chances you're taking risks knowing that there's In some cases, not a lot to lose, you know, just go for it. That's also a very important part of being a leader that got you to be a part of the dance team with the Denver Nuggets, got you to travel internationally to do community outreach and see what it was like talking and interacting, collaborating with people in other cultures. I mean, just what life experiences, you know, you married a sweetheart from your school days and and, uh, have been able to take this journey with your husband uh, as he's played and now coached in, in the NHL, brought you to all these different places to give you that ability to maybe not feel like you're ever in one place at one time, but able to use these tools to survive and thrive wherever you are and raise young children as you're doing to watch their resiliency I love the the keys that you said to the success of your journey and to do and to balance all this, you know, even as a woman leader in business. And I'm just so impressed by that, you know, intentionality, using your time wisely, being a great communicator back to these relationships and making sure that people know where you are, what you're thinking, what you're doing, even if you're not in the same place um, I love the fact that you guys don't use the word remote. You talk about being fully connected. And in this day, an agent for the future, that's all that matters is that we're really fully connected. And this idea of forward thinking, that you always have to be planning for the future, that's a lot of what you're doing now. Uh, you're, you're even in your own personal journey of leadership. It's that we've got to look ahead. We've got to take the time to not just fight the fires of today, but be looking out into the future. Uh, and finally, the advice that you have for young people, which is perfect, it's it's about relationships, it's about seeking out mentors, it's about using technology like LinkedIn to just network, get out of your comfort zone, build relationships. All you got to do is ask, and everyone is more than willing to help you along way because they're going to learn from you just like you're going to learn from them. And I think that's wonderful advice. So Devin, I just really appreciate your time today. I wish you the best of luck. I The sky's the limit for you and your leadership journey and then everyone who gets to interact with you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Paul. And just one other thing to note is about our unique leadership structures is As leaders, we transition off as leaders. So for Evergreen, I will transition off and we will have a new leader that will come in and be as part of the rotation. And I should have mentioned this earlier, and I feel like I would be remiss without saying it now is... One of the traits I think I'm always working on as a leader is the ability to step back and let someone else step forward. So I talked about being more forward planning and strategic in that nature, but I also think a great leader knows when to step back and give somebody else the moment to shine. So thanks for letting me have this moment today. And um, I'm excited to hear about the next person that will get their moment in the sun too, Paul. So thanks Uh, for
0: having me. Well, I love that. I love the rotation idea. Um, And again, it goes back to getting buy-in and getting people the chance to participate and and knowing where you stand at any point in time. And that's going to contribute to your own leadership growth. So thank you so much, Devin. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about purpose-driven leadership, go to smallgiants.org or follow us on Twitter at Small Giants Buzz. Until next time.